Hello and thanks for joining us today. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 174. Today we're going to have news from around the world with Rory. We'll be catching up with all the games at the weekend, some brilliant games being played in the WPR. And we'll also be talking to Rachel Taylor, who's going to take us into the Shark Tank to see what's going over on in sale. I'm Sarah Byrne with Johnny Hammond and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Hello, Berna. How are we? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. You had a fun weekend. It's 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 quite fun. I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to be injured, but you're yeah, actually managing to do do a few different things. You were out and about the weekend, schmoozing, broadcasting. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I was out. Um, got to go to the men's game, the men's uh, Wales game, and do some events there. Speak to some you know people. Do a little speaking with Rocky Clark actually and some amazing rugby players as well alongside her um so yeah, that was really fun it's something different I've not done that before um so hopefully like good to do some more things like that try something new when you're not playing you can get quite caught up on not playing and being injured and not being able to do things so actually there's loads of things you, you can do you just got to go out and try them um and then again on on Sunday I was at the Bristol Gloucester game but this time I was helping um with the BBC Radio on the comms, um, which again something totally new. It was really fun, although I did I did catch myself also being a supporter sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm really like, Ooh, ah, <laughs> like oh, shouldn't probably say those things, but nah. I think um, it was really good fun. And it was great for a, a first try. Um, so hopefully, yeah, they'll have me back. If not, I'll know I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that that it, that is the key. If you get asked back. Then you know you've done something good. Don't, don't expect any feedback. That's the uh, the world of uh, broadcasting. Nobody gives any feedback anymore. Um, what, what did you find the hardest bit? I'm intri- I'm intrigued. Obviously, um, I think because it was Bristol Gloucester, I know a lot of the players really well. Um, so it was like using nicknames like Mo or like Bots, um, stuff like that. Which obviously, if you're a listener and you <laughs> you don't know a lot. I guess that's hard to follow. Um, but I did manage to pick up the names a bit quick, a quicker. Um, and especially with people that got married, like Alicia got married in at Christmas to Jazz. So it's like, instead of Alicia Butchers, which is something I've known for years, it's Alicia Butchers Joyce. <laughs> it's like, uh, just getting used to the whole, the whole names and those kind of things. But I really enjoyed it. It was, it was quite fun. It was slightly, you found respect for, us mugs behind microphones on match days now. Yeah, definitely. And there were sometimes, you know, in Gloucester, there's um the pillars holding the yes. stand. So like on each twenty two, you can't quite see sometimes what's happening. So you're sat like ducking and diving, <laughs> like oh, I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, definitely a new fan respect. It was really really good. Um, did you have Great a good stuff. week? Yes, I was um yeah behind the mic at uh, at the Stonex. Um. And fair play to them. There was a couple of record crowds over over the weekend, weren't there? Actually, um, we'll we'll get into that in a in a second. But yeah, big old crowd. Um, they marketed it very well. It was a bitty game. Um, yeah, it was it was a bitty game. Lots of mistakes, lots of handing errors, no real sort of flow to the game. Um, I don't think the, the rain and drizzle kind of helped either, but um, great great to be there. And I have to say, yeah, um, TNT and, and Buzz16 who, who are doing the productions, nice busy show, speaking to lots of people. Lou Meadows, we had a chat with her. Um, yeah, there's in-game chats with coaches and stuff and, and what have you. So, yeah, really busy, really lively stuff. So, yeah, I think it's going from strength to strength to broadcast of, of the league. And we've got... Uh, a big weekend coming up in a, a couple of weekends. I mean, the, the super weekend, all four games are, are being shown. A couple live on TNT and a couple are streamed as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's going from strength to strength on that front. Let's remind you, if you haven't seen the, the results from the PWR, the English Top League, Premiership Women's Rugby over the weekend. Saracens 29, Harlequins 24. Loughborough Lightning 17, Leicester 22. Gloucester Hartbury 24, Bristol 19, Exeter 64, Sale 5. We'll obviously get into that with uh, with Rachel Taylor Tales when she comes on in a in a minute. But the other results, let's start um, at the Stonex. Bitty old game, a great crowd. Um, McKinley Hunt hat trick, buried under 
multiple bodies every single try she scored. Quinn's got a yellow card. Saracen's about 19 points while they were down. Uh, Quinn's do come away with a, a couple of bonus points, which is big on the table, also considering the Loughborough result. Um, and, and they did come back, but they just, you know, it's not like watching normally Saracens, but but Gloucester and, and Bristol at times as well, and Exeter. They're just, just not at that level, I don't think, at the moment. Um, do you catch up with anyone? Zoe was at um, Twickenham with you, wasn't she? Yeah, I bumped in. Um, me and Zoe were doing something at half-time at the men's game. And I asked how it was. She was like, it, it was all right. Um, I think for her, it was nice for her to be back and playing because um, she, she hasn't been back for a while because um, of ACL. So I spoke to her about that. Um, but yeah, I think by the sounds of it, it, it was a bit of a bitty game. Um, it's one of those games where you, you're going to be happy that you've won. Sometimes you have to win ugly. Um, and that's kind of, that's what Sarri's are brilliant at to be honest getting into sticky situations and getting out and that's why they're a top four team so um but yeah by, by the sounds of it I, I don't feel like anyone was was loving it or, or yeah yeah not overly impressed um one of the main reasons I like doing this job is getting close to people and getting people's confidence and uh, yeah I think I have a, a pretty good relationship with Alex Orsonbury over the over the years and had a very honest chat and a lot of it um would, would never Hear the uh, the likes of day because uh, that's confidential stuff. But yeah, he said, you know, it, it's five points, park it and and, and move on. Um, it did what they needed to do. One thing I would reflect on is um, Ella Cromack, eighteen years of age, fly half, is proper. Yeah, yeah, I think some of the girls. Um... She got called into camp because um, there's yeah. a fair few injuries in England at the minute. And um, I think the girls were really impressed with her. She was like a, a really nice girl, very d- down to earth, um, which is always nice coming into into a new senior environment. It's good to have, a, you know, very humble, excited to be there and wanting to learn. So um, the, girl, the girls told me, obviously I wasn't there, but they said she had nice, a really nice energy around her and um, she just really wanted to do well. And I think the girls were really impressed with her. And uh, a few of, few of the players said to me, this yesterday, well, Ella Cromer had a, had a good game there. Um, so yeah, it'll be exciting to see how she continues to grow. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll be seeing a future Red Rose there. Yeah, no, it genuinely um, made a big difference. And now, difficult, isn't it? Um, so Emily Scott, you you play at 10 or 15, she's been playing sort of out on the wing, bizarrely. Um, but um, yeah, I, did, I might be a bit of a push to, to, to start her. Um, do you then lose? Does Emily's got to go to fullback? But then, it, where do you do with Eddie Kildan, who's devastating? Um, but yeah, I'd, um, yeah, she's um, an impressive young lady. Um, some some joyous times and some some tough times ahead of her. But uh, yeah, staying in the moment. Um, Loughborough. I think that was the shock of the weekend. Um, we didn't see it coming, did we? No, I'm. I definitely. I like. I said Leicester. I did say like they've been building really nicely. I said they'd probably get some snazzy tries in. Um, I think some of them were, were chips and chases, <laughs> stuff like that. And that's the kind of exciting rugby that Leicester are trying to play. Um, but yeah, I do really feel for Loughborough because they also have been building really nicely and they really put out some good fights the last few weeks. So um, it's a very close score. Um, but yeah, I'd like to know Sadia's thoughts on on that and around that. I uh, I bumped into Santa at the hospitality boxes and I said, uh, "How's Nathan? And is, is he all right?" And Santa just was like, <laughs> "He just needs a he's he's not the happiest right now. He just needs five minutes." <laughs> um, so I think that's really really frustrating for them. And I am I am gutted for Luff because I think they've been doing really really well building into this season. Yeah, lots of lots of bits to. Uh... Um, pick up on on there. Um, yeah, no Sadia today. Um, she's travelling back. Um, I did ask her for a thought. She had discipline. They kicked, and quicker tap down the field. Uh, we weren't physical enough. Basic skills. It was raining, and we didn't ex- execute to the best. Um, but it's sort of wider perspective for the league that yeah we wanted Loughborough Lightning chasing, didn't we? Putting pressure on that on that top four and that. It does slightly change things, um, which it, which is yeah, which is a shame. Um, the Loughborough Lightning um, nine points down um, from Bristol. Um, that's a yeah, it, that's a quite a lot to make up. Um, it really is. Hi everyone, 
I'm Lindsay Peet and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Enjoy. Extra 64, sale 5, 10 tries in all. Edith Sinclair with a hat-trick. Donald with a couple of tries on the wing as well. Yeah, she's a little shackled, um, but uh, yeah, she was unleashed. Um, Extra set piece was, was fairly dominant. Um, but look, don't need um, our thoughts on it. Um, Rachel Taylor, the Grand Fromage at the Shark Tank. I don't know what... Um, is there a special name for someone who looks after sharks? I don't know. Um, we'll email SeaWorld and let you all know next week. Rachel Taylor, good morning. How are you? Good morning. That's a are great... You okay? I'm, I'm intrigued to know what that job title is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to know too. Slightly recovered from, from yesterday. I mean, apart from the, the journey back from Exeter. How long was that? It's a long one. Uh, we were lucky enough to go down the night before. So uh, we stayed at the hotel just over the road to the ground. But yeah, the journey back is always a a tough one. Obviously, a day for us yesterday as well. So uh, sort of prolongs that journey and that feeling. But yeah, back this morning, up nice and bright and early to speak to, to, speak to you guys. So... Well, we hugely appreciate it. Um, yeah, because it's not 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 easy, and um, you know, with the, with a little the run you're you're in, it's yeah, it's not not an easy talk to time to to, to talk to people like us. Let let's deal with Exeter then uh, from yesterday. Um, that's a large score. Um, where did it go wrong? Where did it go right? Yeah, I thought we were we were pretty competitive probably for the first 20 minutes. There was some good stuff from us in terms of keeping the ball and, and playing in the right areas of the pitch, particularly uh, getting into getting into the 22. Obviously, 22 conversions been a, a big work on for us this season. Um, and unfortunately, just missed an opportunity to take fairly early on in the game. We did come back, but it's probably that just that time between about the 30 minute mark and into half time was was tough. Probably just didn't manage the game in the right ways that we. We needed to probably could have calmed down a little bit more uh, and just looked after the ball. We still tried to play, which obviously I'll always I'll always um, back the girls in, in in that respect, wanting to try and move the ball. But yeah, that that was a difficult sort of period of time. And as you said, like the set piece set piece struggled a little bit. So you know how how dominant Exeter can be. They they, they thrive off that power game and and they're and they're driving more. So uh, once they once they'd found that blueprint, they were pretty consistent with it. Yeah, I mean, sorry to. And carry on the SeaWorld analogy, but yeah, when they when they sniff a bit of blood, um, they they do like to put the foot foot on the jugular, don't they? Exeter and at home, good old crowd. Um, that that must have been tough. What what was what what was said at half time? Then what what do you say at half time? For us at the moment, it's a lot about going back to like our, our principles of play and the philosophy in which we want to we want to play rugby. Um, probably quite simple messaging to be honest uh, in terms of what we need to do to look after the ball it's difficult because we wanted to be a little bit more a little bit more free-flowing and, and try and try and get some enjoyment back into the games it's been a pretty tough run of games and and you know yourselves it's it's difficult to find confidence sometimes in that and obviously playing with a smile on your face always brings a bit of confidence so it's a bit of balance of that yesterday um but yeah, look, I think the players understand where they where where we are at the moment, the the road that we've got ahead of us, and the amount of work that we've got to do ahead of us. And I think, you know, it would have been nice to go out and probably put a bit more of a hold on those first 10, 15 minutes in the second half. Probably could have tried to stem things, but yeah, like you said, Exeter were were so strong. Um they knew exactly what they were doing. Their their gain line carries were were through the roof on us, to be honest. So um once they'd found that that mould they just kept on it a foot on the jugular kind of stuff but yeah you know credit to them it was a it was a good turnout like you said in terms of crowd and and they do things very well down there and the crowd got behind them and they and they kept going that's that's seven in a in a row tails um don't need to to to, to tell you that um and and, and bottom of the table we'll get on to, to points in a, in a second um being being taken away how, how difficult is that as a as a coach week in so week out? I think you you probably go going back in tomorrow morning. Players got day off today. Yep, yeah, they're off today. De- how, how do you start a, a fresh week? Is it literally 
right, that that's done and dusted. Or do you need to analyse and, and go through it with a with a fine tooth comb? Yeah, like we obviously we we, we review uh, preview and review. Uh, probably with the Exeter games, it's been slightly different, and it probably will be a little bit with the Gloucester games as well because they're so close together. Um, a lot of the other league games, you have a, you know you have a few weeks in between different different oppositions. Um, so these guys are obviously Exeter games were, were a couple of weeks apart. Gloucester will be a week apart. So it's a slightly different format, but yeah, look, it's about going back in. We did we did a bit of team building and stuff on on the night before before the game, and it's about staying together. Like that's the really difficult bit, um, I think, in terms of the challenge that we face is is staying united and as a team. And I think the group that we've got, they're all they've all bought into what we're doing, and it's not easy. And there isn't there isn't a simple fix for us, but we're all very aware of that. And it's just about sort of knuckling down and, and knowing that we probably have an opportunity to sort of embed something this season, even though which will put us ahead of where we need to be next season. And that's that's sort of what we're trying to focus on at the moment. That that long term plan, the 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 opportunity to put something down which makes us successful and, and you know, robust enough and sustainable enough for, for years to come. The Exeter, I think, after their loss at the weekend, I think it would have been a hard game for for anyone. I think they probably would have had a really difficult conversation after that game and been frustrated and it's just unfortunate they they seem to have taken it taken it out on sale but um with the lead up you've got Gloucester again back to back how do you feel about that um is that is it how are you preparing for it is it something you're looking forward to or is it again extra Gloucester Gloucester they're three hard games in the row um it will be quite challenging yeah it comes with its own challenges obviously like it, it's where where the rearrangements have fallen it kind of you can go from like a six-day turnaround to an eight-day turnaround, so it's a bit of a different um, sort of mapping of our weeks, really. But recovery will be the biggest focus for us at the moment. Obviously, we were away at, at Quinns and then away at Exeter, so two weekends on on the bounce away. So um, I guess it has its own it has its own demands on those guys that are, are working as well, you know, to that like bit of life balance and juggling. So. Um, yeah, it's probably more around how we plan that week now in terms of recovery. We've got some skills clinics coming in with some of the men's senior players, which hopefully will add a bit of a different voice and a different energy. You know, looking at, at some of the um, Dupree brothers with like carrying skills, you know, the Curry boys with breakdown. So just to add a bit of energy and enthusiasm back in. You know, we're a tight group. They love each other, um, which goes a long way when you're in these scenarios. And, and they're willing to to keep fighting and keep, keep grafting because we know something better is coming around the corner. So um, I, I didn't expect anything else, but you're incredibly chipper um, for, for kind of where you are. I want to pick up on, on, on a couple of points. Just another personnel, um, Beatrice Rigoni. Um, Everybody delighted she's joining the league and what have you and the, and the quality. From what, from what I've seen, that not quite bedded down. And you correct me if, I, if if I'm wrong. Is that just going to be a, a time thing? You're playing at ten and twelve. Where do you think her best position is? For us, obviously, when she came in, we probably weren't looking at her as a as a fly half. Where we were, we we had a few players. Um, you know, we were a few players deep in terms of of what what we had there and. I still still really excited to see how her and Duffy connect. You know, it won't come until the end of the season, which is a little bit frustrating. But I think the two of them will be will be pretty lethal. Um, and she's had to she's had to do a job for us in that fly half position. Obviously, Mino came across from from Worcester as sort of injury um, backup for us. But you know, again for her, it's just finding her feet. It's really difficult. Again, the change you know from from Worcester to us, the language barriers. Um, you know the Japanese players to the Italian player, like you know, there's all there's all different um, bits in there to work with. But yeah, I think f- for us, uh, you know, I said something about Ragoni the other week, which she just she just can make the game just so so beautifully simple at times. Um, and I and I think every game she's growing into it, and she's growing into the group and the her role within that. She has a huge influence on them in terms of confidence. Um, and I think it's just we just have to keep going with that. She's, you know, she's she's such an interesting character. Like I can't express like, but she's really good. She's really good round round some of the players. And yeah, I think for us, it's a, a, she hates the cold. So Manchester, uh, especially in the last three months, has not 
not probably been the best environment at times she's like woolly hat uh, she's got a snooder, but I can literally just see her eyes in the snow and she's just sort of freezing. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as, as she gets gets more comfortable with a group, combinations around her, you know, she, she's getting to know Katana quite well as well. So it's it's good. They just need to, to build those bonds, really. The snooder that you bought her uh, to replace her sunglasses when she arrived in Manchester. That's <laughs> the kind of person we're, we're talking to here, ladies and gentlemen, um, the tiniest little personal detail. Um, it's always been about the long term. Tales when we've spoken to you, we've spoken about uh, to to Michelle, um, and you you touched on it earlier with um, yeah, just just holding up the reins when the, when those contracts for clubs entering the PWR were were coming through and just saying, hang on, if you, you want us to do a job up north, this might taking it away. Um, yeah, we actually need need a bit of support here. You've just been deducted five points for not reaching the EQP. Not enough English uh, players, basically, um, in, in the 23. Um, how does that sit with you? Uh, to be honest, we knew it was all possibility of it coming. Um, you know, we've been in constant dialogue with the, with the PWR around our scenario um, and and the long term the long term plan and, and what it's going to take to get that right for us. You know, last year we floated around. I think it was. Katie will probably correct me, but it was like 7.4 or something on average. So for us to jump from that number to 13 was always going to be huge. Um, and it, and there's a whole infrastructure of parts to, to play within that from, from our university links to our championship sides to just the sheer number of people playing rugby in the north. Coincide that with trying to recruit players was really difficult. And we knew that. You know, I think um, only four of the Roses moved last last season, which which was always going to be tough. And we knew that was difficult to relocate for those players. Um, and, and yeah, we've 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 taken it as a as a long term project. You know, the, the boys have done it. It's taken them probably about seven years to, to get that pathway correct, you know, like correct as they see it now and, and bring in bring in EQP players through regularly every year. Um and that's our aspiration, you know. We we want to be a we want to be a predominantly northern rugby team, you know, producing our own EQP northern rugby players. And and thankfully, I think you know, like I said before, like Michelle, Simon, and Jed, they've done it with the guys. They know what it's going to take to do it with the girls. Um, and I think that's what's you know that's what's so promising with this club is just the amount of growth that it has is is insane. If we get it right, and it's going to take a lot of work, it's, you know that that. What we've done, and arguably this season so far, is is away from the pitch. Um, it'd be nice to marry up the both. Of course, it would have, but we know there's bigger, bigger things for us to sort in the long term. In terms of that journey uh, and this season, and, and and where you are, are you where you? The bigger picture, clearly, you want to be winning games. Um, obvious, are you a competitive person? <laughs> Uh, weren't you ever the seven on your back? My goodness. Um, but in terms of the, the bigger picture, um, are, are you where the whole, you know, looking at the, the club and the recruitment and all the rest, of, are you where you kind of expected to kind of be at this stage, February 2024? Yeah, I think you're right in terms of performances. You know, arguably, had we not had our injury sort of crisis that we've got, we probably would have liked to have been a bit more competitive around... Um, some of the teams that are a bit closer to us in the in the current table, um, score lines that probably bothers us in terms of we need to reduce those score lines. We want to be closer to the top four teams, especially if we can, you know, say it talk around Exeter's example. Like you know, it's great that we're in it for twenty minutes, but it's an eighty minute game. So so there are there are obviously aspects there that we have to continue to drive quite hard. Can't talk about what if, but if I talk about what's happening off the pitch, there's so much happening off the pitch. You know, I think at the moment we're trying to recruit and retain a lot of our young EQP players, and that's been a that's been a huge drive for us. You know, obviously the centre of excellence and and all those bits around and and all the work, the amazing work that's happening in the community um, around us is brilliant. Like because they've bought into it so much, um, but yeah, it's. Going to take his time, and I think we could, we look at some of the numbers now of of players that we've got that are EQP, um, 
and it's non-comparable where it was next to last season already. You know, the, the probably the, the flip side of that is about two thirds of them are under 23, maybe under 21. So they're young. Um, but we know that was always going to be the case. And that's what we always knew of. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've done a lot in that area. We've done uh, big work with obviously like our university links, you know, DICE programs starting, trying to put that pathway in for what the future would look like and generate EQP players year in, year out. And then it's obviously supporting and, and getting those ties with our local championship club. Um, you know, we've got some really good club connections. And, and to be fair, like, you know, Sale are doing really, really well in, in the champ. And we've we've had a number of players with them dual registered. So it's about it's about bringing everybody up at the same time. Otherwise, you know, we, we won't get it right. So, yeah, is it probably off the pitch? Yes. You know, obviously, we'll wait for our, our, our confirmation, you know, to, to become license holders. That's a huge bit for us to get that security in the league um we've got you know big game obviously being at the 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 sulfur stadium which is which is huge for us something new for us to to venture into that world and our, our commercial team's driving really hard to to grow our our fan base um so yeah there's so much happening which is which is positive and, and exciting it's difficult to to marry that up probably with stuff that's on the pitch but i think like i said like the group that we've got they they understand the bigger picture um, it's difficult for them, but a buy-in has been amazing. Like they're all out, they're all helping community rugby clubs, they're all putting presents, um, you know, at universities. They're all doing bits away from from the pitch, and it has a huge effect. And hopefully, they they understand the impact that they're having in the long run. Last one for me, because I know you're a busy lady. Um, a, you're still enjoying it. B, I know you do a song like a motivational song for the week. I don't think you sing it. No, <laughs> it's like you made out like I sing then. I was yeah, yeah, performance. <laughs> Guitar in the change room of the Carrington. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you, you have a song that you, you play as a motivation. You sort of give some reason for it. You've got um, Gloucester Heartbreak, this rearranged game at uh, the weekend. Um, so, number one, are you still enjoying it? Still got that drive? And uh, number two, what's the song for Gloucester Heartbreak this week? Um, we, we don't actually have a song this week. Last, we, we did a little bit around, uh, around Exeter. And then when we spoke at the beginning of, of the season, I talked around, I think we've got the potential as a rugby team to be a, a sort of a beautiful blend of... France and Fiji, um, which was probably the aim of where we want to be in the future. Um, not not to say too much, but I took a couple of coconuts down to Exeter. I think everyone thought I was mental. Um, but it's just to remind them, it's, it's, it's more stuff to just keep everything fresh and, and keep everyone, you know, in, like you said, enjoying the game. Like They love what they do. They love putting their bodies on the line for 80 minutes. And it's just about giving them a bit of energy and trying to reconnect it with what we want to be. As a, as a rugby team and how we want to be how we want to be seen um yeah i don't think i don't think the girls need much motivation to go against to go against gloucester Hartbury at the moment so they're they're pretty up for that they probably um they probably won't need a song song from me <laughs> um every time i'm going to say that now, i'm going to think that i'm going to sing in the changing rooms i definitely don't um <laughs> I, I think that's a good sales point there tails will sing in the changing room before the game <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I'll probably have more success singing in, in Gloucester Hartbury's changing room to put them <laughs> off maybe than, than putting an has to inspire them. But um, no, look, they're, they're they're already hyped for it with with all the stuff around like the the game rearrangement and stuff. So I think they'll they'll bring enough energy into that game. And yeah, look, I I, I love what I do. I, I know how how fortunate I am to be in the industry that I am after you know after playing and jumping across into coaching. Um. I'm lucky enough that I work for the most amazing club that never say die. And a lot of that does come from Michelle, Simon and Jed and, and obviously like Katie being um, Northern as well. Like, I, you know, I, I love learning from those guys. So yeah, I'm, I'm still enjoying it and, and everything I do, I'll, I'll want to make sure that the, whatever happens, that program is in a good place for not only the current players now that are in the North, but the ones that are coming through. And I think that's the most exciting bit is like, there's, there's such a huge opportunity um, at sale and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's still, it's, uh, it's tiring, but it, it, you know, it inspires me every day to, to keep doing it because I love it. So um, yeah, bring, bring it on. It's so nice to hear that. Such a happy place. Sorry, just before Um, I was speaking to Moana, 
I was speaking to Moz um, in WXV, and um, I said, "You just she's she's smashing it this season. She's absolutely come out stormed it in WXV." And I said, "What what's changed?" And she goes, "I'm just loving it. I'm just really enjoying being around, um, being in sale, and having that." And I think, um, yeah, when you do get those players back, and like you've spoken today, I think it will be a really dangerous future for for Sale and the rest of us because um, it sounds like you guys are going to be unstoppable. Awesome, Tails. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, lo- love your positivity. Always, always, always great to chat to you. And uh, yeah, all, all the best for the rest of the season. We hope we hopefully catch you soon. Thank you very much, guys. I'm Maud Muir, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Great to hear from Rachel Taylor. She's an incredibly passionate lady. Uh, you could. It's Monday morning after a 47-hour journey back from Exeter up up to North Wales, where she lives, via Manchester. She just got pumped 64-5. A, I could ex- totally accept her texting and saying, you know what, I'm just not up to it this morning. But she comes on, she's bright, she's breezy, and she just gets it, doesn't she? She gets the, the bigger picture. I feel at times that there's frustrations around what Sailor trying to do, and, and they've been there living it in the North with the men's team, what have you, and saying, well, yeah, we could do this for the women's and I just wonder whether there's yeah some some traction oh it's a lack of traction that um yeah should should possibly be there for them but she's she's quite a character isn't she yeah and I think it like although they're probably not having the season on the pitch the stuff that they're saying off the pitch really matters it's important Bristol a few years ago we were eighth seventh in the table and it's a it is a long road it takes a few years and even now we're probably not sat where we want to be we still want want to grow and go so the fact, the main thing is the support. That they have amazing support at sale. Um, they have a brilliant vision for it. That's the key thing. The hard bit is how do you get fans to engage with that? And what Tails is saying there, she wants to be a mixture of France and Fiji. But I want to go and watch that game. I want to go play for that team who, who play like that. So, you know, that's the that's the key thing. And it's it's extremely similar to Exeter Chiefs. They play a really exciting style of rugby um probably more structured this year but in terms of they want to play that running game Bristol again known for a running game rather than a kicking game so you're seeing kind of new versions of rugby being brought into the women's game to get people in involved so that's so exciting to hear that's something that they're aiming for because as a fan and as a spectator that's the teams you want to go and watch you want to see that flair and even though they're probably not getting the results they want the fact that Tails is still saying go play, go try things. I think that's such a positive thing from a coach. The the key is now actually to get those those scores a little bit closer is how do I now control this? What areas of the pitch can we control in? How can we play? Um, but like she said, she's got a team of, of youngsters at the minute with that long in, injury list and they're going to learn and what a brilliant environment to learn in where you can be a free throwing rugby player and have support of, of the club behind you to continue to succeed in that area so yeah I think it's exciting for sale I think yeah they'll probably be extremely disappointed off of that but the positivity and the kind of energy around that it sounds amazing yeah and you you can always tell excuse me the um, the atmosphere of an organization whatever it may be from from the very top and and you don't come more passionate and more invested uh in terms of owners than the, the, the Michelle Lawrence, she kind of heads up the, the women's stuff. Um, it's sad that Lucy Ray is, is departing Saracens. Um, she's been a big part of, of, of growing the women's team and, and, and everything around it. But um, yeah, I just, I just wish Rachel Taylor, slightly biased here, hands up. Um, I've worked with her. Um, I think she's a, she's a cracking human being. You know, coach that's putting on different songs and motivations for it. Um, and Dog Days Are Over, I think, was one of the, the one of the first games. You know, um, and then she's bringing coconuts into the change because she wants to play like Fiji and all the rest of it. I mean, she she literally is giving absolutely all. And uh, yeah, we wish her all the very best of luck because if you put that much effort in, um, you do deserve some rewards. Um, and I think it'd be quite spicy against Gloucester Harpy. I think it was. Uh, Bit of toing and froing when that game was cancelled back um, back before uh, before the turn of the year. Um, so yeah, we uh, yeah we wait and, and see. But yeah, back to back, Gloucester Heartbreak against Sale and then Sale against Gloucester Heartbreak. Speaking of Gloucester Heartbreak, they beat your Bristol Bears team 
Yeah, literally. Left it late, didn't they? In the 80th minute, I think. Yeah, to be fair, um, it was a brilliant game. I think if you're a spectator, that was one of the most exciting games I've watched in the WPR, and I'm going to be biased and Bristol supporter. So, um, But actually, both teams played an exciting style of rugby. There was brilliant kicks. There was brilliant line breaks, things like that. Um, Alicia Butcher's Joyce um, played really, really well. Um, she she got three or four line breaks and she just really come into her own, which is so nice to see because she before her, her injury in the World Cup, she was right up top and um, she's slowly come back this season. And I'm just so excited to see her in the Six Nations. I think she's going to be brilliant for Wales, as she is always. But um, it's always hard after a long-term injury to get your confidence back up. So, yeah, she was amazing. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately... Gloucester just got us in the second half and I really thought this was the day this was the day we were going to do it um but we had three we had three opportunities to exit out our 22 um and we didn't we didn't we we didn't um and they scored it's a dangerous place you don't want to have Gloucester in your 22 with the ball carriers that they have they play round the corner as fast as they can as heavy as they can they're trying to beat the defense if you're a team like Bristol who play rugby play 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 it's extremely tiring to be on that back foot um so yeah for me I think if we got out of that zone a little bit quicker if we had the freedom to you know get Holly on that boot and use it I think we could have won that game but the rain the rain did not help the rain did not help (laughs) no I had heard the conditions were absolutely uh appalling um on a scale doesn't Crossed uh, for a couple of yours, didn't she? Uh, Millie Hyatt uh, on her first start for Gloucester Hartbury. Um, another young player in the Red Roses' latest uh, sort of training squad. And then Nell Metcalf, wasn't it, um, with that score right at the end. Um, what does that do to your top four, top two aspirations? I think the main thing is for us that we came out with that bonus point, which... Previously, in previous years, we haven't managed to get the losing bonus points. And um, I think for us, it's a bit of a killer. I think that was an opportunity with the amount of injuries that Gloucester had. Um, and I think the girls played really well. I'm not taking anything away from the girls. They they put in a huge effort, um, a huge shift. And they did, in, in my opinion, they did um, deserve to win that game. But you're playing against the champions. They're going to do stuff. They're going to play until the last minute because that's what champions do it. Um, so, yeah, I think we're we're stuck. We're sat at fourth now, um, but it, it makes the table a little bit more spicy. I think people will start to be like, "Oh, Bristol, you know, they're going to have a go here." Um, but yeah, it's just um, hats off, hats off to those guys, Gloucester Hartbury, because they they know how to win games, and that's something we're still learning. Um, so yeah, yeah, fair play to them. The circus rolls on. And the thing is, they're just going to get better and better. They're getting, you know, you get you got Tatiana to come back, you got Zoe Allcroft to come back, you've got Mackenzie Carson to come back, you got a list of internationals to come back to that team. Um, so yeah, stop it now. The, <laughs> the rest of the league is all in trouble. <laughs> the other news for the PWR last week, as we spoke about with um, Rachel Taylor, just to confirm it, Sale and Leicester have been deducted five match points at the time didn't change places in the table and it won't make a difference because there's no no relegation of course but um it has been a huge leap um as tales are describing there from the amount of players you have to have qualified for for england um just wonder whether we're just trying to run before we can walk i'm not going to get you to, to comment on this here that that would be unfair but and i wonder whether having spoken to quite a few people over the weekend and stuff whether you know one boot fits all um, you know, geography is such an important part of of the spread of rugby uh, around the country. And, and do, do does that boot have to fit everybody in the same kind of way because they're geographically very different? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, we, we we move on. I mean, some clubs understand put two players last minute on the bench, um, uh, and yeah, they they squeeze through and, and what have you. So it's um, yeah, it's. It's not ideal, but um, yeah, if we want the strongest league, we want English players playing in it, right? So that's the that's the counter argument. Right, and here is Rory with the rest of the news that happened around the world this week. 
I'm Rory Taylorson and I play for the Valkyries at Weybridge Vandals. It's great to be back bringing you all the news from around the world of rugby. A reminder of England's PWR League results. Saracens were at the Stonex Stadium, which saw a record crowd of over 3,000, and the team didn't disappoint, beating their London neighbours Harlequins 29-24. Leicester won their second ever game. That's now two wins in the last three. It was 17-22 at Loughborough Lightning. A new derby, Leicester will be delighted to have won at Franklin's Gardens. Sunday saw Exeter dispatch sell 6-4-5. And in the West Country derby, Gloucester Hartbury won a tight one, 24-19 over Bristol. So the PWR table looks like this. Saracen's still on top on 45 points after 10 games. Gloucester Hartbury hot on their heels, 9 from 9 wins and 44 points. Exeter still very much in the hunt, 38 points from 10 games. Bristol in the last playoff spot are now 9 points clear of Loughborough Lightning, who are 2 points clear of Quinns. Ealing mathematically are not out of it. They've played nine and sit on 13 points. Then Leicester on eight and Sale on three with a game in hand. Just the one fixture in the PWR this weekend. It's a rescheduled Gloucester Hartbury versus Sale game. Kicking off on Saturday at 1pm at the Hartbury University Stadium. We have arrived at the playoff stages of the Celtic Challenge over the next three weekends. This week, it's hosted at Scotston and Hive Stadium, the Kingspan Stadium in Belfast the week after, and it all ends at Parky Scarlets on the 3rd of March, which will decide who's the champion. And it all starts on Saturday, 1pm, as the Hive, as it's Edinburgh who take on the Wolfhounds. And at 4.30pm at Scotston, Glasgow face Brithorn Thunder. After a week off the top league in France, the Elite of Feminine returns this weekend. In Pool 1, Lille play ASA Rogmana, Stade Francais travel to Pool Toppers, Stade Bordelais, and Montpellier host Bobocny. In Pool 2, Lyon goes to Lida Toulouse. It's Pau versus Stade René, and Grenoble go head-to-head with Blagnac. In Australia... A historic schedule of trial games featuring international opposition will help preparations for the Super W 2024 season. Through February and early March, the Queensland Reds, New South Wales Rotors and Brumbies will face the Japanese side, Tokyo Sankyu Phoenix. The Hong Kong national side and a Pacifica 15. We told you a couple of weeks ago about the Spanish-Italian high-performance series. Well, Benetton have been crowned champions and lifted the Latin Cup after beating both Spanish teams. First, it was against Iberian Sitges, and at the weekend, Iberians Valencia, who were defeated 41-12 in Treviso. That's it. Consider yourselves up to date. I'll be back next week. But for now, it's back to Berna and Johnny. Thank you, Rory. Uh, yeah, really positive feedback from Rory. She's got a lovely voice, very clear voice. Um, incredibly confident young lady for her age. Um, yeah, speaking wonderful French as well. We have been talking for some time now. Um, very honoured to, to say uh, a friend of mine, Gary Street, and someone you know, Berner as well. Um, I know he's followed your career very, very closely. Um, Gary continues um, his recovery. Um, there is a uh, a move home date proposed, but th- it is a really, really long road um, he has ahead of him with uh, with Helen Flip uh, and the boys. So if you can do something, uh, go fund me, streets ahead. Uh, and later on this week, there is a silent auction with some quite incredible prizes um, that have been volunteered and, and donated. Um, so if you want to get involved in that as well, keep across um, our social channels for that. 
Um, but I just thought we, uh, we would be nice to hear from inside the camp, as it were, inside the, the street camp. Um, and Helen, his wife, his lovely, lovely wife, um, I caught up with her a little bit earlier on. It is a huge, we're well, the biggest, warmest, warmest welcome uh, to the WRP to Helen Flip Street. Wife, of course, of Gary Street. Uh, Helen Flip, uh, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Processing. Yeah, just living day by day. Yeah, just doing my best. Yeah. And 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 how is and how is Gary? Yeah, I mean he's he's so much better than he was. I mean, right at the beginning, it was it was terrible. So from there to now, he is massively different. You know, he but. He came home yesterday for a few hours, which was amazing. But oh, wow. in his own environment, he's he's not too bad. But sort of walking around, we you know we went out. He's not stable on his feet. You're you're constantly looking at the ground to make sure there's nothing uneven. Um, he nearly went over one time, but we managed to sort of just put him back up. Um, but the biggest problem is, is is his speech. It's just not there. It's okay. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to hold a conversation. He, he, at one point yesterday, he went, I know. And we were all like, and he was like, <laughs> so he, 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 now and again, the automatic speech, something will come out if he's not thinking about it. But if you ask him a question and he's got to answer, he can't. Oh, look, this is in, 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 incredibly tough, but you've been living and breathing this for months and months and months now. Yeah. The, the the trajectory um we had a little wobble didn't we a cu- couple of weeks back um when he was back in intensive care yeah. but but at one time we we didn't think that he was going to get back to his feet or or words were even even possible i mean obviously you're you're going to cling on to and you can but medically the trajectory is 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 upwards is it yeah so i mean he's still improving with his with his walking his hands are getting better he's his right arm he he scratched his nose yesterday again and that's a that's a that's massive he's not been able to do that um so in that sense physically everything's progressing the way it should but the added problem is his um his vocal cords are paralyzed so when you when you speak your vocal cords come together and they vibrate and they do everything they should and then when you when you breathe, they should come apart. So you've got a nice gap. His are stuck like this. So he's constantly breathing for a really small gap. So when he does anything where you would require a deeper breath, he's got to work harder to get that in. And you get a, that horrible, you can hear he's really sucking the air in. Um, and that's that's a limiting factor as well because he can't we, they can't push him too far physically because he can't breathe, which is obviously pretty important. And then a couple of weeks ago, the issue was he got a bit of a sore throat, which you and me swig a Benlin carry on because of, because of the restricted airway already. Any kind of inflammation in that becomes serious really quickly. And within himself, uh, because oh. a, a more mischievous. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I yeah, I'll always be honest. Um, man, full, packed, full of really terrible jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that stopped. So silver lining. Um, but he's still, he's still in there. He's still, he's still abuser. He's still funny. He still makes jokes somehow. He, he does a lot of miming, which is quite rubbish miming. But um, because he's now a bit stronger in the arms, he's pretending to shadow box and things. So he's. He's still cheeky. He still makes people laugh. I mean, they do um, at the at the rehab centre. They, they have um, a lot of uh, social interaction. So they've got uh, like a quiz and he can't answer the questions. So he just makes noises. He just heckles. Like, whoa, whoa. So he's still he's still a pain. Yeah, he's still there. Um Yeah. And he, he does enjoy a laugh still. But then on, on the flip side, there are there are times when obviously the enormity of what's happened usually when it's just me and him he does get very sad he does he you know we, we have moments where it's pretty pretty depressing to be honest but he still gets up the next day he still goes for it so yeah he's still there well, he's been te- yeah he, well he's, he's been telling players that for for years isn't he you, you, you've got to yeah. get back on the horse. You've got to got to keep fighting. Got to try to to keep getting better. So um... stay in the fight. That's one of his lines. Stay in the fight, and he is. He's staying in the fight. 
and and of course not just affect uh, you and him but but the 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 boys as as well and, and the logistics of it all and, and visiting hospital and all that kind of yeah. stuff um you've got some 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 pretty good neighbors around and and family and friends uh i've got a great bunch of people mainly online we, um my family are not local his sister and him uh, like his hardcore friends from school and and growing up are all in birmingham um but I've, yeah i've got good people to call on yeah but in terms of actually here every day it, it's just us and we 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 like it that way. We're, we're making it work. What's been lovely is people have sent food. The boys love that. I love that. <laughs> so okay, yeah. right. The the muffin parcels. I'm not. I'm not making food. <laughs> we, we, we're fine. I, you know, we, we, we're not starving in here or anything. But um, yeah, my mum because she can't get here, she'll send me some food. She'll send a food parcel. It's lovely. Oh, that's cool, Mum. There's a pantechnicon arriving in the in the driveway. It's full of food for us. No, we we don't want that. Look, that that's um fairly ski sock like um seamless transition to what has been going on because the road to recovery, uh, I suspect, um, it's a bit like an iceberg. You you kind of deal with one bit and then there's another bit underneath and there's yeah. another bit underneath. So, what what what's been going on? Um, where can people help? I mean, I, I know this stuff, but, but, but for our listeners yeah. out there. So we, we had a meeting with, with the hospital and all his medical team. And, you know, we've got this discharge date in mind that uh, provisionally of the 7th of March, Amazing. hopefully we're still pushing forward with that. Um, but I was unaware of how difficult it was going to be in terms of, uh, services once he's home I thought you know you, you get discharged they they arrange physio speech therapy and everything but in the community you have to go back on a waiting list so there is a two-year waiting list for speech therapy there is a there is a shortage of speech therapists nationwide um, physio you know yourself if you hurt something it takes a while to get an appointment you're talking sort of at least six weeks to two months to get an appointment um, so it's a no-brainer we'll go we'll pay for it ourselves and we thought yeah we'll, we'll do a bit of fundraising see how we get on and it's just blown our minds oh the gofundme page is just unbelievable the amount of support um uh, just overwhelming totally overwhelming we sat there and watched it the first day i can't even i think by the end of the first day we were already at ten thousand pounds or something ridiculous and it was just like this is insane I mean, it's wonderful. It's beautiful, but yeah, overwhelming. Hmm. And then, obviously, the wonderful Sue Dorrington said she'd help. Yeah, you got Sue Dorrington, um, lady, um, alongside some others, basically um, created the first ever World Cup for for women's rugby. She's a yeah, she's a lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lady, she's a lady that gets get get stuff done. Um, what is being being done? Um, and, and, and where, where can people get involved and, and support? So there's the GoFundMe page, which is going great guns at the moment. Um, moving on from there, we've got um, got a silent auction coming up. So we've got some l- amazing items. Um, people have been so generous. We've got um, eight nights in Thailand. We've got a cottage in France for a week or five days. I can't remember. We've got signed shirt by Martin Johnson and all the um, 2003 World Cup winning squad. We've got a ball as well. We've got lots of uh, lots of unbelievable items, some some gin as well, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, and that goes live sometime the next week or so. And then further down the line, we'll be looking to do things around the women's Six Nations, obviously, being the passion. Um, and then further on from that, uh, the 2014 squad are getting involved in an event to be confirmed. It will be of some kind of physical nature. Um, and also Helen Clayton, Rob Clayton, who I played rugby with back in the day, she's doing a half Ironman in September and is, has said she would like to give us the, the proceeds from that, the sponsorship from that. So plenty going on. And Jan Mann's involved. If anybody doesn't know Jan Mann, she is, she was the, uh, England manager for a number of years in, in 2014 included. Uh, and she's another get things done. So we're in good hands here, people. 
Yeah, indeed so. Um, yeah, that, that page for the sign auction going live middle of this week, I believe, um, being involved in the, in the committee. Um, yeah, we're looking to do some, some live events as well and hoping to include, uh, some fundraising, uh, for Gary in there as well with the, on the WRP. But, um, just how heartwarming has, has the response been thus far, Flip? It's been, overwhelming completely overwhelming um you look at some of the people on there you know names that you know from you know the, the professional game but also people who like uh, yesterday one of the stewards from who does the stewarding at, at twickenham on a match day he's made a donation is a lovely man yeah so and then we've got people who have made huge donations who we used to play rugby with up in the midlands and then you've got people who have who've given you who've given us you know five pounds, which is like their morning coffee and bacon sandwich, and it, it just so grateful that people have wanted to do that for him. Can Streety get a sense of get a sense of that, and and yeah. and how much is that spurring him on? I think I think part of the reason he he went downhill a couple of weeks ago is because he he put in so much effort. He then overdid it because he was just like, I've got to do this for these people. I've got to do it for the people who are supporting me. So enthusiastic, shall we say. Yes, spurring him on, definitely. But at the same time, we're, we're, we're learning. We've got to just hold him back just a little bit, just a little bit, slowly, slowly, rather than pull in a china shop. But yes, he's fully aware of what's happening. Because it's, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because, they're, they're, you know, lots of positive you know, steps and... Return home and all the rest of it. Yeah, he knows, and I think realistic enough to know that the, yeah, this is a, this is a long road, and and it's a difficult juggling act. I would have thought to to think, oh, we need that help. Da da da. Um, I've still got to crack on and, and do stuff with the boys. It, it must be uh, incredibly draining on you. Where where are you finding the the strength, Flip? Uh, eat, sleep, repeat. That's <laughs> do the basics. Be positive. Um, try and keep everything as normal as I can for the boys. So, you know, go to school, have clean clothes, be fed, go to rugby, you know, clean your rugby boots. Just do everything as normal as possible for them. Um, when he came home yesterday, it, it was wonderful. And then his sister took him back there, which is always hard, you know, saying goodbye at the hospital is always awful, but sending him home was was difficult. And we, the three of us, we did get emotional um, and I said to them that when he comes home, I'm going to do everything to make sure their lives don't change too much. I don't want them to be carers. I want them to care, but I don't want them to go, right, well, I can't go out because I've got to help mum put dad to bed. I don't I don't want that. I want it to be as normal as possible. And that's why I need to make sure he can be as independent as possible when he comes home. And that's that's my goal is to keep everything normal that was quite a rant wasn't it you might want to edit that not i'm just utterly engrossed that is not a rant um i yeah it's just so very very clear um care but not carers that is that's wonderful um and that's yeah i suppose some people can people can certainly grab hold of um yeah but be blown away by the uh the, the response um i'm privileged enough to you asked me to, to to be involved in it in a, in a tiny little way and we'll do whatever we can here on the on the wrp is there some tiny little area of of, of all of this you think oh god i wish i i wish we had or um anything extra beyond the gofundme and the, and the silent auction anyone can help with no sue dorrington's involved it's all covered off. yeah it's, it's covered yeah <laughs> i mean i think I mean, I have I have no experience of raising money for anything. You know, if, some, if someone's doing something, I will I will chuck in some money. That's that's what I do in terms of actually getting involved and going right. This will raise money. I've got no experience. It's completely out of my you know my my current sphere. So now it's sort of just take as much advice as you can, and that's that's what I need is just advice. I also I also need to know how to spend it. That's that's quite a strange thing because obviously we want to do the speech therapy and the physio and the hand therapy. They're the, they're the major things that are going to cost a lot of money. But in terms of what do I need in the house, um, 
so we've got an, an assessment next Monday. They're coming around to do an assessment. But because he is mobile and he's relative, you know, in terms of independence, he can do a certain amount. There's a very limited amount that the NHS will, will help us with, which isn't a, a criticism of them. I understand resources have to go where they're needed, um, but we won't get a wheelchair. We won't get, um, we'll get handrails, but we won't get, a stair lift we could have a hospital bed but it'd be a single so knowing right well and a chair he was sitting on the sofa yesterday he was blatantly uncomfortable after about 10 minutes so it's knowing what he needs and that's something i need to get more information on I could see him in one of those huge american armchairs oh yeah with everything's electric and he's got drinks yeah. holders, like a little yeah, fridge. fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyone's got one of those lying around? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> in black, that would be lovely. In bl- black leather. There you are. Um, well, the hunt, hunt for the big American chair. There you are. Um, Flip, it's been been really lovely to talk to you. Um, any messages need to get out there? Uh, well, obviously, we're putting that on the WRP, but you're welcome at any time at all. Hopefully, that to return to to home date stays where it is and um yeah, yeah it's another positive step forward thanks johnny on to the shout outs this week a massive congratulations for sarah cox who got an mbe um last week which is a member of british empire for those who don't know um she's the first female referee to be awarded with this and that's some some amazing honor there so yeah well done to her yeah i gave her a small curtsy um at the stone x i think she's overly impressed um, but look, for, for all the laughing and joking, you've got to have people who, who, who lead the way. Um, and she has been a, a snowplow of someone leading the way. Holly Davidson at the weekend, wasn't she? Um, assistant referee, men's Six Nations, first one to do that. So uh, Amy Pret-Theron uh, has been in social medias as well. Carry on doing what you're doing, Amy. Uh, you're fine by us. Uh, but yeah, no, huge congratulations to Sarah. Speaking of awards, uh, it was uh, awards time down in Australia. Eve Kapani is the Wallaroos Player of the Year. Yeah, she really is a, a fabulous player. Faitala Monica is the uh, inaugural Junior Wallaroo of the Year. Yeah, lots of uh, chatter about her. And Madison Levi, the Sevens Player of the Year. Karis Dallinger, Newcomer of the Year. And just one the back, huge congratulations to, to those players. We've tried to get Madison Levi on the pod twice, and we've tried to get Karis Dallinger on the pod once. Um, I, I don't understand why it has to, to be so so very, very difficult. I don't have the time to send endless emails. Um, let's get the players' stories out there. Please, Wallaroos media team, please do better. Get someone in place um, so that actually these girls can tell their story and everyone else can hear about how good a player Karis Dallinger is and Maddie Levi rips out the sevens whenever she puts the shirt on. Um, rant over. Brooke Bradley with 50 Prem appearances um, for Exeter this year. She's having a brilliant season. Um, called into camp. Um, so let's see see where that journey takes it. But yeah, very well done to Brooke. 50 appearances is, is a challenge and uh, well done for completing that. Yeah, and they, they felt it was going to be a massive hole with Bo Robinson leaving Exeter Chiefs. Uh, and Brooke Bradley as Clearly stepped up and yeah, got that rewards by, as you say, getting into the Red Roses training camp. Got there one prediction, Gloucester Heartbury against Sale. I am brave now that Tails has gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gloucester. I think um at the minute they're building nicely. They are the champions, and unfortunately for Sale, they're not getting the results on the pitch that they, they would like, as Tails said. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm going pretty well on for, for Gloucester this year. Sorry, this week. However, I do think it will be a good fight. By the sounds of it, Sale are really up for it. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see that one. Yeah, I, I'm really, I, I think I'll go Gloucester Hotbury. Uh, but I'm also going for a prediction of at least two yellow cards. <laughs> to who? It's just going to be that fizzy. It's just <laughs> going to be that fizzy, honestly. Um, <laughs> what are you up to this, this weekend? Apart from that, the PWR is um, you know, resting. We've got to... The Celtic Challenge Games going on. What uh, What are your plans for the weekend? Um, I will be 
probably just sat on the game ready this weekend, getting my getting my knee ready. Um, my family are going to come up as well because it's half term, so my nephews are off, so I'll see those guys at some point. Oh, lovely. Yeah, half term. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Bernard, it's been great. Um, as ever, huge thank you to Rachel Taylor. As we said, could have easily just uh, just shied away, but um, never shied away as a player and she doesn't shy away as a coach. So great to speak to her and to to Flip uh, Flip Street. Um, really lovely to, to speak to her. Yeah, got, got all, all, all emotional. Um, but yeah, the, the, the outpouring of emotion for Gary has been brilliant, but um, we need to keep it up because it's a long road. But um, Helen, really appreciate your, your time um, with everything else you're going through. We'll see you next week, will we, Berna? Yes, definitely. I'll be here. Great stuff. Till then, stay safe. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a great weekend. <laughs>